Rosenberg Podcast coming in on this beautiful night in the studios, ladies and gentlemen. I want to give a big shout out to Styx, bellowing in the background from the Grand Illusion album. Classic, classic rock dropping tonight. We're just giving you a little bit of the varied ways that we do things here on the Score Rosenberg Podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, tonight we're doing another first. We're breaking, we're pioneering, we're doing something new. And tonight we have our first writer on the show. However, let's stick a pin right there, like we normally say in Jamaica, and let's do this the right way. I want to give a big shout out to everybody that tuned in last week, who are tuning in and checking out this podcast and checking us out on the YouTube channel. I want to give a big shout out to my team holding us down. Big shout out to Manny behind the camera. Thank you so much. Big shout out to E-Dub, my son Nancy holding us down. Thank you, Ellie, for being in the house in the peanut gallery. Bong, 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 bong. Great energy tonight. Great energy tonight on this podcast. As I said, we're doing something fresh tonight. And tonight, I am blessed and honored to have my buddy, David Harton Watson, in the house. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. The, uh, an accomplished writer. What's, what's, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I want to say, let me look for, I'm trying to look for the, 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 the perfect adjective to describe all the things we spoke about off camera because it was so fascinating, the things that you're interested in. So we went with your writer. You are an IT specialist, which we're going to touch on that a little bit too. You're also a part of the resistance. So that's <laughs> yes. going to be a fun conversation. Yes. Um, you were in the army and an actor. However, before we jump into all those things, I want to find out what is it about David that had inspired you to be such a prolific writer? And I want my guests to know who you are and where you're from and where you're going. So first and foremost, number let me say this again. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So um, writing, your genre of, 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 of writing that you do is called? Fantasy, young adult fantasy. Okay. And you have a couple books that are out right now? Uh, yes. Well, I have one young adult fantasy book in my series that's out. Uh, Magic Teacher's Son is book one of the Magician's Gold series. We have that here, don't we? Yes, we do. Okay. And this is the first cover. That's the second cover. Okay, so this is the first cover. Yes. Magic Teacher Son. Yes. Okay, so tell me about this. Okay, it's a uh, story that takes place in a parallel world, similar to Earth in the early 1800s, except gunpowder hasn't been invented in their world, and magic is prevalent in their world. Okay, okay. And the idea that gave birth to creating this came from where? Well, I've always uh, been a reader of fantasy. I grew up reading Tolkien, J.R.R. Tolkien, Lord of the Rings, yeah. The Hobbit, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anne McCaffrey, with all the, the dragon riders of Pern. Okay. And, uh, so that was the influence growing up? Yes, I read, I read all sorts of fantasy and science fiction, too, when I was growing up, the Narnia books. Um, so let's, let's go back to the beginning, because I want to hear what the child, childhood was like. For you to, you know, what was, that, what was the makeup of the family? Um, well, just, just four of us, um, okay. my parents, my brother, Dale, just a year and a half older than me and myself. Okay. Where are you guys originally from? Uh, New Jersey. Oh, straight from New Jersey. Always <laughs> well, been in New Jersey. No, we didn't always live in New Jersey. I was born in Teaneck, New Jersey, but then we, uh, grew up in Buffalo, New York. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And during that time, were you always drawn to the reading and drawn to writing or when did that light bulb go off? Well, I was always drawn to reading. I just read everything I could get my hands on from when I was a small boy. I just read everything I could get my hands on. Uh, not, you know, I, I was reading adult books already when I was 
10 years old or wow. nine years old. Do you remember during that time, one of your favorite books that you read that you're like, mm, really stuck with you? Well, the Lord of the Rings, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings, my wow. favorites. Um, and let me ask you, because a lot of our listeners, you know, some people are avid readers, some aren't. And, you know, the benefits of being a good reader are phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, during that time as you were growing up and getting into the story, what was it about reading that kept you locked in, if you can remember? Well, when you're reading a novel, especially a science fiction or fantasy novel, you're transported to another world, and you're, you're living your life through the eyes of somebody who's having great adventures mm. in, in wonderful, fantastic worlds. So once you started doing that and going through high school, what was that like? Was doing the math, reading the, the biology books, doing mm -hmm. the history, was that just a breeze also, or it was more passionate for the fiction that you were reading? Uh, well, I liked, I liked reading the, the genre fiction, as they call it, science fiction, fantasy, and sometimes mystery novels also. Uh, but I didn't really like literature, where <laughs> our English teacher forced us to read literature. Right, right. That's so interesting, because here you are, you know, an avid reader. And when it came to, you know, doing it in school, it was just like, ah, oh, it was like a chore, like every, all the other teenagers. Um, during the high school period, did you start writing then, or when did the writing start? Uh, no, I didn't start writing in high school. I started doing a little writing in college. Uh, I went to Princeton, and I was in the science fiction and fantasy club there called Infinity Limited. Ooh, so nice. were you were you the president of that club? No, no, I was <laughs> as a member of that club. But I um, I wrote my first science fiction story there. Well, how was that received? Well, I never got it published. I probably I just showed it to some members of my group, and. I, I lost that story. I don't know what happened to that story. <laughs> okay, because I was curious uh, about the feedback you got from your peers regarding that particular novel, because usually mm -hmm. that would normally stifle the drive or really mm -hmm. flame the fire to continue. So mm -hmm. as, uh, as you grow through the whole college experience, um, I, I'm, I'm very curious about the evolution of your stories mm -hmm. and as you got older. Mm -hmm. Was there a tweak in, in, in how you told the stories or the type of stories that were told? Well, I, I used to try writing short stories, but I don't think I was that good at writing short stories. <laughs> I, I'm better at writing novels because it's hard for me to write something that's short. I find it a lot easier to write something long than something short. Mm. And as you're developing these characters and these storylines, what are the stimuli to keep you, you know, some people say they may run into writer's block. Like, mm. how do you create the story for somebody who wants to write? Okay. Well, there are basically two types of writers. There are the outliners and then the writers who write by the seat of their pants, or pantsers for short. <laughs> and I, I'm a pantser. Okay. I, I tried being an outliner. I tried doing it that way. I tried outlining the entire book, but I would soon diverge from my outline, and my outline ended up being a waste of time because my characters ended up making their own decisions and going off in their own directions. My characters refused to stick to the outline. <laughs> And, you know, my characters sometimes didn't fall in love with the person they're supposed to fall in love with. And they made their own decisions. Oh, wow. Yes. I am very impressed with the avid ma imagination you mm -hmm. must have <laughs> as, you, as you dance through some of these chapters or you create these characters. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, what was the support like from the, your family regarding the lane that you were creating? Uh, regarding the... Um, what? The, the, I, I said the, the lane you're creating with your writing. Was mom and dad supportive? Was your brother like, oh, keep going? Or were they like, come on, dude, get a real job? Well, I didn't 
I, I didn't really get started until I was actually after I graduated from college before I really got involved. So I, um, right. So I, I, I didn't, my parents didn't really have anything to do with it because I didn't start until after, uh, after I graduated from college, but I was, I was inspired by some of my favorite authors though. That's, what, that's, that's really where I was trying to go with this. Is yes. what, what was it? What, what inspired you to, to get into the writing? Yes. Well, my favorite author, I know today he's controversial. He wasn't back then, but <laughs> <laughs> so today I'm going to say his name and, and some of the audience is going to groan, but he wasn't controversial back then. Okay. Uh, my, my favorite author was Orson Scott Card. Okay. And he's, um, now he's famous. He's a science fiction fantasy writer. But when I first started reading him, he was a new writer, and it was hard to find his books. Mm-hmm. This was before Amazon.com. So to find his books, I had to either go to the world's biggest bookstore. Which was um, what at the time? Uh, let's see. There were, let's see. World's biggest bookstore in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, or the Forbidden Planet bookstore in New York City. Those were both large bookstores. So, but okay. Forbidden Planet bookstores specialized in science fiction, fantasy, and then in Toronto, Canada, was the world's largest bookstore. Ooh, wow! So I, so I went there to search for his books, and I was hunting down his books everywhere I could find because this was before Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was what was what was about his books? Well, there, there's something about Orson Scott Card's books and his short stories that that touched my soul and it's it's hard to describe really but um i read some of his short stories before his novels because he started out writing short stories okay and then he went into novel writing and then i think he stopped writing short stories because there's no money in short stories <laughs> <laughs> you just dropped the jewel and school rosenberg radio you know we say when you say something profound that people can apply to their lives oh. you know that is something profound so if you don't mind yes. repeating that there's no money in short stories yes there's no money in short <laughs> stories and that's another reason i went to writing novels instead of short stories there's there's no money in short stories so once somebody becomes a, a famous novelist they usually don't write short stories Going to the full because they don't he wants to get paid six cents a word for short stories. Smart, <laughs> smart, smart. Mm-hmm. So I was just getting ready to take this first break on here on Score Rosenberg podcast with our guest, our first writer, David Harton Watson. We're going to come back, jump into the resistance angle of, of where this is all about. I'm also curious about your acting. You know, how are you transitioning and how are things are happening in that world? So we're going to take a mm-hmm. quick break, come back after these messages. Score Rosenberg podcast, David Harton Watson, one. Rosenberg podcast. My guest, David Harton Watson, 20 years published writer. Correct. Writer of The Magic Teacher's Son. And this was the first cover that was done. Yes. And, and what's, what's, what's up with the cover? Explain the, the cover. Where, where, where are you inspired to get the art for this? Okay. Well, for the first book cover, uh, 
I have a publisher. I'm not, I'm not self-published. I have a publisher. <laughs> I want to make that clear. It's a small press publisher, Penn L Publishing. They're based in Arkansas. And they, they let me design the cover, pretty much. So um, for the first book cover, I used my son as the cover model. And they put the background in. They put the tower in the background. Oh, okay. And the, wow. the sky. But uh, And people always wonder why my son is wearing a cowboy hat. And one reason is because his hair was just too short. He had a crew cut. Okay. So I thought it, his hair didn't look right, so I had him wear the cowboy Which hat. Which is a very, you know, the man, it, it makes an impression when you look at the cover. Yes. And then we mentioned that the same book has a new cover. Yes. Which is this cover. And this cover is um, inspired like a Robin Hood theme or what's going on here? Well, I did this second cover because so many people saw the first book cover and they thought it was a Western instead of a fantasy. Okay, okay. So I wanted the second book cover to make it clear, uh, the new book cover to make it clear that it's a fantasy, that there's magic, swords, and sorcery. So, so that's why I did that. And I was looking for an artist whose art I really liked. And I found one, um, M. Wayne Miller, who um, he works for Sigil Entertainment. Yeah. And I, I liked his work. He does a lot of young adult and uh, young adult book covers and video game covers and also uh, children's middle grade and young adult covers. Wow. Wow. I am. Um, I'm also, if you could just share, share with our listeners, where could we get some of your books if we wanted to pick up a couple copies? OK, uh, they're on Amazon.com, of course, and and Barnes and Noble. And they're also at Penn L Publishing. It's pen-l.com, okay. which is my publisher. And they're available at bookstores, too, although you might have to special order them. But, okay, great. So we want to make sure we, there's a link on our, on, our, on our website that people can also, we can direct them or even give them some snippets yes. on some of these stories. So I want to jump into a little bit something different here, the acting. And it only seems right that a prolific writer such as yourself, with an imagination as vast as yours should be doing some acting um what was the why the transition or when did the, when did the transition happen okay well it's there's a meetup group that i'm a member of i can't even remember the name of this meetup group <laughs> <laughs> i can look it up later yeah but it's it's a it's a local meetup group in new jersey meetup.com and one of the women who's uh, in charge one of the organizers of the meetup was making a horror movie and she was looking for actors to be in the horror movie. So I volunteered to be an actor, and they had me playing the role of a police detective. In Your the first horror role? Movie. Yes. Okay. How yes. did that go? Uh, it, it went well, but they, they haven't, the movie's in post production now, but because it's a low budget or no budget movie, right. um, it's just a part time endeavor for the filmmaker. So it hasn't come out yet. All right, let's keep your fingers crossed you don't end up on the cutting room floor <laughs> and that you will make that movie. And, yes. um, after that taste mm -hmm. of acting, what, what are you feeling? Is this something that you could do going forward, or what was that like? Oh, I enjoyed it. I, yes, I, yes, I like the acting. Getting into character, the whole shebang? Yes, uh, yes, that was fun. Yes. Wow. Any former teaching or any experience before? Uh, well, in high school, I was in one production in high school, and that was, that was fun. Girls that never noticed me before, they, they noticed me when I was on stage. And, wow. Yes. And that worked, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Usually, I mean, I got to tell you this much. The influence of the female persuasion is always renowned. We had a guest on here who um, I think a lady told him that one of the girls told him that he could sing. And he started singing just to 
keep her impressed and now he's an accomplished singer so mm -hmm. i have definitely heard that so as we get ready to to dance and learn a little bit more about david um your family makeup right now you have a son yes i have two sons okay yes. their names uh daniel or danny and uh david aaron wait we call him aaron at home because otherwise it's confusing having two davids <laughs> in the house <laughs> i got two ends i keep mixing them up to naomi and nicole yeah. Um, and um, are any of your sons following in your footsteps right now, or um, no? They're not. They're not writing. But um, although my although my older son, he did. Uh, he was he was recognized by the mayor of Woodbridge for some writing he did when he was in middle school. Oh wow! Um, but that was that was about it. That's the only thing. Without your influence? Um, no, it was a school school writing project. Okay, nice. But. Uh, Oh, and, and then he was the actor in my video book trailer also. He was one of the actors. <laughs> oh, did he do? He did okay. Nice, yes. nice. I'm trying to figure out if it's in the DNA because, mm -hmm. you know, uh, one of my guests did mention that your kids are here to con continue your, your journey. Mm -hmm. So yes. sometimes they kind of complement where you're going. Yes, and of course I have him as the cover model. Oh, yeah, very handsome guy. Yeah, very thanks. handsome mm -hmm. cover. So um, Magic Teacher's Son by David Hartman Watson is available right now, so you guys can go pick that up. We're going to jump into something interesting here because as we were navigating through your journey through life, you mentioned that you were also in the Army. Yes. Mm -hmm. I want to salute you for, for your contribution. Thank you. And for protecting us here. What was your role at, while you were in the Army? I was an armor officer. Uh, that's a tanker, in other words. Did you drive that thing? Yes. Uh, I did all four positions. Driver, gunner, whoa, whoa, whoa. loader, this is a, this, this, this is This is a, a G-rated show, my friend. He said you all did four, all four positions. <laughs> I couldn't miss that. I'm sorry. That was good. So, all right, let's just, let's just get a little bit macro here. So you're in the tank. There's four positions in the tank. Yes. What are the four positions? Well, tank commander, driver, loader, and gunner. Okay. You played all four. Yes. Uh, but since I was, I was an officer, so we were basically being trained to be tank commanders, but you also have to train in the other positions too. True, true. You can't mm -hmm. command if you don't know how to operate the audio. Yes, right. So let me ask you this. As a novice and somebody who's fascinated with guns and big bullets, mm -hmm. what is it like loading that thing up, right? Yes. Cracking it back, and you're in this contained space. Mm -hmm. the, the recoil, the... How, what was, could you please give me a little bit of that? <laughs> okay, well, it is a very small space. It's It's... It's even a lot smaller than they show in the movies because uh, they, they can't show a scene that small in the movies. <laughs> the, the, the closest movie that the, the movie that came closest to showing it well was the movie Fury. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. With uh, Brad Pitt. Yes, and Fury. Yes. So that that was that was a good tank movie. And uh, but it's it's yeah. Explain to me the, how you make things work, especially mm -hmm. with the gun and the recoil. And yes, go ahead. Yes, well, the gun is recoiling inside the tank. Yeah, and there, there are probably 50 different ways your own tank can kill you. And, and one of the ways is if you're behind the gun when it recoils, it'll kill you. Yes. So. I'm pretty sure a couple of people have been taken out by the gun, correct? Um, yes, some people. Well, I, I have known people who have died in their own tank, but not from, um, not from the gun recoil. But uh, we had our loader hurt his hand once. Uh, he didn't get his hand out of the way in front in time, and he hurt his hand. But, oh, wow. Mm. Wow. Yes. All right. So um, I hate to be, you know, sticking on a story, but I'm fascinated by it. Sure. Fine. Could you tell me three ways you could die in your tank? <laughs> okay. Well, it could roll over. So uh, if it does, it's good. It's made of metal. No. No. If it rolls over, it can crush you, especially if you're, 
if you're halfway out of the hatch, so when it rolls over, it'll crush you. Okay, okay. You have 60 tons on top of you then. Um, and the, the turret, when the turret rotates, yeah. the driver's hatch, you have to crawl through uh, a tunnel to get to the driver's hatch. If that turret rotates while you're crawling through the tunnel, it would cut you in half. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the turret also, when it rotates, um, the gears are exposed. So yeah. you, could, you could lose fingers, you could lose a hand. In the, you could lose fingers in the gears very easily. Wow, wow. Well, you know what? Let me say this. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you played all four positions. <laughs> I'm also glad that you survived being in the tank Thanks. and the whole experience. And if you were, what's your takeaway from your whole Army experience? Uh, well, it helped me as a writer. It, it definitely helped me as a writer. Expound. Well, in order to write about the military... It, it really helps. I, I almost want to say that you have to be in the military to write about the military. It's not quite true, but you have to at least know people who are in the military if you're not in it yourself. Um, it's like if somebody wants to write about New York City and they never set foot in New York City, mm. eight million New Yorkers are going to notice every mistake they make. True. If you write about the military and you've never been in the military, you know, eight million military veterans or right. more are going to know every mistake you make. True, true. So... And it, it really helps a lot. And it's not just and it's not just knowing the weapons, it's knowing the military culture. Yeah, yeah. Because yes. it is a culture. Yes. It's very and um so you left the military when? Uh, yes. Uh when did you leave? Oh. Um eighty seven. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and now that you're back here, you got into the IT world. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's when you jumped into yes. IT and started navigating, reestablishing yourself on that level. Well, I tried teaching for a little while. But. What were you teaching? Um, I, taught, uh, I taught computers and reading for a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. What level? Uh, well, it was sixth and seventh grade reading. And a lot grades, of patience. And grades one through eight computers. Oh, wow. A lot of patience. Yes. Wow. Well, not enough patience. That's right. <laughs> that's stay in it. <laughs> yes. It's fascinating. Um, so as you have um, gotten to this stage right now where you're in your IT job, what is, what is, what is, is that fascinating? What is that like? It's not that fascinating. It's kind of boring. Okay. But I've noticed a lot of writers, um, a lot of science fiction fantasy writers, in their day job, they work in IT. And I, I have my own theory about that. It's, Which is? My, my theory is that their day job is so boring that they need an outlet for their creative side. Mm. So that's why they write mm. science fiction fantasy on the side. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, cool. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to jump into the resistance and the meaning mm. behind the resistance and mm. find out the story behind that. Take a quick break. Score Rosenberg Radio. David Harton Watson. Great powwow. Accomplished writer. Books are available right now. Where? Amazon, Barnes & Noble, PennL.com. Stay focused, ladies and gentlemen. One.
Score Rosenberg podcast, coming back with our guest, David Harton Watson. I am very blessed to have you here. It's fascinating hearing, Thank you. hearing your story and that journey. And um, the reason why I try to be this macro with the details and the things you do and how mm -hmm. you did them and the experiences, I want all my viewers and listeners to understand that, listen, your journey could also mm -hmm. lead you to be you know, a writer. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a uh, guest I had, her name was Violet Hayes. She said something that was so profound. She said, a lot of people tend to want to make up a story, you know, or portray it to be somebody else when you could just be yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're fascinated with, with these type of stories, get in there and write a good story, mm -hmm. you know, and keep people intrigued. So I'm thanking mm -hmm. you so much for doing that. As we grow, and I, I, I tend to touch on a couple of guests who I know are fascinated or connected with. But I wanted to ask you, in today's political climate, mm -hmm. what, which, what's going on right now, um, your thoughts, my friend. <laughs> okay. Well, we mentioned the resistance or resistance. Don't, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the anti-Trump resistance. The anti-Trump yes. resistance. Yes. Which is mm -hmm. a good, what, 60 or 70% of the country right now? Probably. <laughs> which is kind of weird because if that's the case, how did this guy get into office? Well, he lost the popular vote by three million votes. Okay, I thought you were going to say Russia, but go ahead. No, oh, that too. Okay, <laughs> that too. He lost by three million votes, even with the help of Russia. <laughs> yeah. So the resistance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With 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 the resistance. Expound on that. Expound on that. Yeah. Uh, and we we only have another twenty minutes of podcast to go, but yeah. Okay. I don't really do much with the resistance, other than I have a Twitter account at Lord of the Trump, which is a Trump parody account. Okay. I, I take Trump's tweets and I twist them around to be something from the Dark Lord Sauron from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and, I, and I retweet them as the Dark Lord Sauron saying them. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> Could you whip one up right now and, and, and read, it, read it to us real quickly? Or do you have one? Oh. Um, I'd like to hear, if you could, find one where you can read me Trump's tweet first. Okay. Okay. And then you read me the, the tweet from um, at Lord of the Trump, right? Okay. Um, do you have a minute for me to look it up? Of course. Okay. Of course. You can look it up. I mean, that's why I'm talking right now for you to go okay. look it up. So okay. you're going to find me a tweet that Donald Trump said. Then you are going to read me a, treat, a tweet, which will be a treat, <laughs> from um, at the Lord of the Donald, uh, at Lord of the Trump, which okay. is the... Um, parody website you've created yes. or a Twitter account. Twitter account and I want to I'm so fascinated because I want to see or hear um, what some of the responses have been so don't rush take your time oops this is not CBS we, we can do the problem is there's there are a lot of other parody accounts I think I accidentally got one of them no we uh, want your account no his I'm trying to get the real Trump's account yeah, oh, oh okay 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 here's the tweet from Trump of the Rings wait, wait, wait before you do it and in Trump of the Ring the, the, the statements are done in the character of the Dark Lord Sauron or Sauron, Sauron from. OK, people pronounce it different ways. Sauron, I think, is the correct way. OK, with his voice, go. His voice. Nobody knows what his voice sounds like. But OK, this is from at Lord of the Trump. So great that Smeagol Glum is coming back to Mordor to lure Frodo <laughs> into Shelob's <laughs> trap. Brave Mordor hero. Thank you, Smeagol. <laughs> that was 
very yes. good. Thanks. That was very good. Straight Lord of the Rings, <laughs> you know, language, the jargon, everything there. So, um, yes. you know, wow, that was classic. And what inspired that creation? Um, the at, at Lord of the Trump Twitter account? Yeah. Well, there's, there's another Trump parody account called um, at Real Trumpetine, which is... <laughs> <laughs> which is the Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars. Oh, okay, 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 Trumpetine. So this at real Trumpetine takes all of, not all of Trump's tweets, but he takes some of Trump's tweets and retweets them as something that the Emperor Palpatine would say oh, okay. in Star Wars. Okay, got you, got you. So, Have you gotten any all. feedback from him? Um, well, or, he's, or, he's liked some of my tweets, he that's has? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's big. That's big. Yes. Interesting. Yes. So you wonder between his tweeting and really liking tweets, when mm-hmm. does this guy ever work, huh? Oh. Oh, well, Trump hasn't liked my tweets. I'm saying that Trumpetine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. let's just, just, just jump into, as we were talking about this political climate and where we are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're now in a position where you've, you can see that it's almost like a shit show, for the lack of a better term, out there. Mm-hmm. What's your views on where we are right now? Well, I think we should all be placing bets on when Trump is going to be impeached or resign. You think that's <laughs> going to happen? Yes, definitely. Okay. I've spoken to a couple people, and they really think this whole Russia thing, it's a whole bunch of blowing smoke by, um, because there's nothing really there. <laughs> I see that you're moving your eyebrows, so <laughs> I, 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 go. <laughs> well... <laughs> If it's if it's a lot of smoke, uh, I mean, it, when there's smoke, there's fire. But it's like there's smoke over here, smoke over there, smoke over there, smoke over there. It's it's hard to find anybody in the Trump administration that was not secretly talking to the Russians. True, they were all talking to the Russians, and then they all got Russian amnesia, where they totally forgot the conversation with the Russians mm. until somebody leaked it to the press, and then oh yeah, I did talk to the Russians. I better amend my SF-86 security clearance form now. <laughs> And like Jared Kushner, he could not remember the meetings with the Russians when he filled out his security clearance form, SF-86. He couldn't remember the meetings. But then when somebody pointed out the meetings occurred, now he remembers every word that was said at those meetings. He couldn't remember meeting the Russians, but he remembers every word that was said in those meetings. (laughs) So, you know, you sound like you're not only well-read when it comes to what's going on right now in our current political climate, but you're also mm-hmm. knowledgeable of some of the history, what we've passed through, and you know, what you'd like to see the future for your sons and you know, the future Americans that are gonna be here. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna take a quick break, we're gonna come back, All right. and then I'm gonna close with, considering everything that you've experienced, mm-hmm. especially right now, mm-hmm. I wanna ask you, and as I close on this, just think about this, from a bird's eye view perspective, mm-hmm. you know, what would you like to change? And where would you like to see our future go? Mm-hmm. All right. David Harton Watson, accomplished writer of Score Rosenberg Podcast. One.
Podcast coming in with our guest David Harton Watson, the writer of Magic Teacher Son. <clears throat> and we just Googled it, it's available everywhere you mentioned. Number one, mm-hmm. however, you did mention there was another book. Yes, the second book is coming out soon. The second book is called Fortress of Gold. Okay, book two of the Magician's Gold series. Okay, and I finished it, it's with my publisher now. But I don't know. I don't have a release date yet. So all I'm saying is sometime in 2018. It will be coming. Yes. And it is the continuation of volume one. Yes. Uh-huh. Book one takes place on the world of Rados, which is that parallel world where they do magic. And it has early 1800s technology. Book two takes place on the mythical world called Earth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> modern day Earth and modern, right. modern day America in New Jersey, in fact. Okay, sweet, sweet. So, and um, those are coming up. Well, the volume one is available now also, correct? Yes. And the title of that book again? Magic Teacher Son. Okay, yes. bong. And then volume two coming up on that same title is going to be the same genre of Magic Teacher Son. However, it's yes. going to be in a different world. Yes. The, the four main characters from Magic Teacher Son are going to come to Earth for the second book. They go through a portal, a magic portal to Earth. Oh, wow. So, uh, so they're on earth in new jersey and also fort knox kentucky in the second book fortress of gold what's so fascinating is um i am very excited because these are going to make great movies i hope so great movies thanks and i I see that you're going to be making an impact not only with um how you've been attracted and consistently been reading however you know to somebody listening to this podcast can understand that maybe i need to jump into reading more passionately and, Mm -hmm. and spark that creative juice flowing and start pending some thoughts. Um, we were zag- not zigzagging, but we segued a little bit from your books, spoke about the politics and where we are in today's climate, and I heard exactly you know, your sentiments on that. Mm-hmm. If you could make two changes in our world, what would those two changes be? Well, I think there should be a more equitable society, whereas uh, today, the, the difference in wealth between the rich and the poor in the United States is the biggest wealth gap in the history of this country, I think. Agreed. So um, where a CEO can make more money in one month than an ordinary worker can make in a lifetime. So <laughs> it's it, it, it used to be they would make, uh, a CEO would make uh, in one year what a worker could make in a lifetime. Now it's gotten to so in one month they make what a worker can make in his entire lifetime of saving However, and I appreciate, so what would be your change in, with respect to that? Uh, I, I, don't really, I don't really have a, a, a solution to that other than um, you could cap CEO pay, but that's, that's hard to do because it's a free country and we don't like to make laws about that. But you could tax them more heavily. That would be one answer. And, use re- re- and send the resources down to... Yes, yes. And, and I guess the other change would be to, to really uh, take care of the environment better. Uh, True. We have, we have people in the White House right now saying that global warming is a hoax invented by the Chinese. <laughs> 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 Which makes no sense. And these are elected officials. Yes. Yeah, yes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to recap for my guests out there. We, you would love to put a leveling cap 
mm-hmm. or have an impact on the wealth gap between mm-hmm. the rich and the poor. However, as you mentioned that, can I not be, and I don't want to say devil's advocate, but can I not be motivated by the fact that there's a CEO that's making that much money? What did he do to attain it? At the end of the day, he's just a man like me. He put his pants on one foot, of a, one foot at a time. Why can I grab the, the, rain, the horns by the rain and, and work my way up to getting that type of a salary? Well, that's, it's harder than ever to move up to become a CEO. It's, if, if you weren't born into wealth, it's harder than ever. And, unless you happen to be, you know, Bill Gates or something and invent something in your garage. But other than that, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty hard to, to, uh, to become CEO of a big company. Um. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I, I poked at that because there's two facets to that point you brought up. And I know you want to make a difference there. However, I think there's something to be said even here in your story. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't write. Why would I even attempt to, be, to, mm-hmm. to write? But I'm going to tell you this much. After this podcast, <clears throat> I am now inspired to maybe calm my brain down mm-hmm. and pen some thoughts, mm-hmm. see where it leads me. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, I want to make a difference through my writing also. So um, I have a little bit of social commentary in my first book. Not, not a lot, but uh, when, they, when they do mention the mythical world of Earth, um, they find it hard to believe that, uh, you know, the, the, the pollution that they hear about on Earth, that they just, they just find it unbelievable. Which is pl- a play on what's going on right now yes. with our perspective on the world. Yes. Um, my, my characters, and they mention, for instance, that they say, well, on Earth, instead of, uh, you know, stepping on an ant, somebody will spray poisons on the floor when there's food around and yeah. young children and pets around. It's bananas. Yes. But this is where our world has gone. Yes. So that quick fix, as you were talking about, without the consequences of the impact it makes on the world. Yes. As we get ready to wrap here, David, um, could you tell our guests your Instagram, your Facebook, how they could get in touch with you? Okay. I have uh, several Facebook connections. I have my own Facebook account, which is David Harton Watson. I have another Facebook account for my main protagonist, Pran Gilmanson. <laughs> it's P-R-A-N is the first name, last name, G-I-L-A-M-O-N-D-A-S-O-N. Gilmanson. Gilmanson, yes. It's Pran, son of Gilliman. Yeah. Yes. And I have a Facebook page for my novel, Magic Teacher's Son. So that's those three. And then I, I also have Facebook accounts for two of my protagonists from book two, but uh, I'll just leave you those three Facebook accounts for now. Okay. And then I have two Twitter accounts. Please. My own Twitter account is at Eldorian. That's E-L-D-O-R-E-A-N. Mm-hmm. And then I have my Trump parody account, <laughs> which is at Lord of the Trump. At Lord of the Trump. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about a little bit your writing and workshops and organizations that are that you're affiliated with where if somebody's inspired to to wanting to be in your presence and maybe learn a little bit from you where could they do that okay well i run my own writers meetup it's the woodbridge science fiction and fantasy writers meetup we actually meet in edison new jersey okay we used to meet in woodbridge okay now we meet in edison and um when and where that's every fourth Saturday at 1 p.m. at the Panera Bread in Edison. Okay. And if you go to meetup.com, you can find Woodbridge Science Fiction Fantasy Writers Meetup. 
So as we get ready to close here on the Score Rosenberg podcast, as I said before, David, you have been our first writer on the show, our first fantasy fiction writer, and it is amazing to hear your story and where you're going. And we do know that there will be a movie on Magic Teacher's Son, and it just seems like it will be, I mean, um, let me put this out there. The similar manner in which J.K. Rawlings could really make an impact on so many children and so many adults mm-hmm. with allowing them to venture out from mm-hmm. the mundane life that we live in and escape. Yes. You have that ability. And I salute you for what you're doing. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for having me. My guest, David Wharton Watson. Thank you so much, sir. Squirt Rosenberg Podcast. You're going to get this up immediately. Check him out. We're going to put a link on our website so you can find all his stuff. Link with him. Check him out, people. Magic Teacher's Son, Squirt Rosenberg Podcast. David, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I have my own website, too. Plug that quickly. My own website is davidhartonwatson.com. You can find him there. Squirt Rosenberg Podcast. One.